The Guardian. This is Guardian Election Daily. This may have the feel of a TV popularity contest, but in truth, this is an election about Britain's future. It's clear from last week's debate that the country wants change. But the question is, what sort of change and who's best place to lead that change? And I think if we do things differently, we can be proud once again of the role we can play as a force for good in the world. We can achieve anything if we all pull together and build the big society that we all know we need to make our country a better place to live. Don't let anyone tell you that this time it can't be different. It can. Nick, you would leave us weak. David, you would leave us isolated in Europe. I think these are the problems that these parties have got to face up to. We have a credible long-term plan for the future of Britain. Hello and welcome to our daily election podcast. I'm Michael White, fresh from the second of three televised leaders' debates. We have a roundtable of uh, Guardian writers and experts, of course, foreign affairs specialist, diplomatic editor Julian Borger, comment supremo Georgina Henry, columnist Martin Kettle, and me. Hello to you all. Uh, Tonight's debate, the second of three, was held uh, in Bristol in the Arnold Feeney Gallery by the waterfront on what looked like a lovely evening full of spin doctors. It focused on foreign affairs. In our last post-debate outing, we scored it, along with pretty well everyone else, unanimously for the Lib Dem leader, Nick Clegg. It's been the story of the week. What about tonight, Georgina? I thought he was good, but um, the others were better, much better. And so I suppose he didn't shine quite so much. They were better than they were, not yes, better than him. sorry. No, they were better than they were last week. Um, which, But I still thought he was good. He was strong. Julian? I think his problem was this time that uh, Gordon Brown decided to point some of his cannons at him. He didn't get such an easy ride as he did in the first debate. And so that, that really showed. And on some issues, Trident, for example, uh, Cameron and Brown made common cause against him and he had... But had a hard time. We had Cameron saying, that. "I agree with Gordon." Didn't the first time. Yeah. Yes, Martin Kettle. Yeah, it was. I disagree with Nick. Evening instead of I agree with it. But go well, man. Last week, but I thought uh, I thought Cameron probably did the best this week. I think he probably put on more points uh, for himself and his party uh, than the other two did for theirs. Uh, I think that. Uh, uh, Clegg and the Lib Dems are still very much in play. However, I thought it was a good consolidating performance by him, and the and the really worried party is going to be Labour. Not everybody listening may know that the YouGov Sun, more or less instant poll, gave it to Cameron too, thirty six to thirty two for Clegg. Gordon Brown on twenty nine. I'm not sure I agree with that. What about uh, George? I, I was surprised by that. I mean, I thought that scored him too high. It may have been. I mean, I don't know how these things work quite, but I mean, he, I thought he got better as he went along. He got more sure, more sort of, um, you know, he was able to put his points across, he, he was just stronger as, as he went through the sort of the arguments. So it may have just been a reflection as he got, you know, I thought he was very sort of nervous to begin with again. Well, wouldn't we all be nervous? There's well, a lot riding on me. this. <laughs> uh, uh, Julian, we didn't see that I spotted any knockout punches or any terrible gaffes, uh, uh, no declarations of war on China or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, no. Did I miss anything? No, by comparison, no. It was uh, it was much uh, safer on you know, on the part of all, all three of them. I'm, I wondered whether 
Brown's attack on Clegg for being anti-American really worked, or whether it backfired on him. Because there's a came- symmetry. Uh, one is uh, Cameron is anti-European, and Nick, you're anti. Uh, That's how he tried to define. I, the I thought that was a preposterous the- remark, and I mean, I, I really. Well, I, I, mean, I think we're all agreed on that. Yeah. I think it was a, a completely phony piece of framing yeah. uh, by yeah. Brown. And the danger in the, in all these debates, especially after the first week, is that if you attack Clegg, you are in danger of sounding as though you're attacking the people who have flocked to him and I think that's why on the whole uh, they were although they disagreed in, in as you said at the start Mike very uh, polite and gentlemanly ways rather than by uh, th- throwing the dishes at him but right. it was a sort of pre-cooked line wasn't it by Gordon as it yeah, was lots, were a lot of, <laughs> lot of pre-cooked lines yeah. too many I mean I don't I don't like the one that says you know Nick you're bad for security and David you're bad for the economy I mean it just doesn't doesn't wash and I although I, I mean I know the polls show that um, what uh, uh, Clegg says about nuclear Defence may not be wholly popular, at least they're trying not to. But Brown is fighting for his political life and fighting for his yeah. party's political life, indeed. And, you know, he, 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 is, his, he and Labour have been third in most of the polls. Now, I bring you hot news because this is all happening it's a radio. It's a deliberate the, the Comrades instant poll has Clegg on 33, which is the way I scored it in my head. Brown a little behind him on 30. And I put Cameron, I thought both Cameron and Brown improved, but I thought Cameron didn't impact uh, as much as, as Brown's. I'd have put him second this time. So yeah. there we are. Anyway, yeah. we better get down to substance, as Gordon would say. Uh, uh, so, Martin Kettle, we started on Europe. Uh, always going to be a tricky subject for all three parties, but more so for Cameron than for Clegg? Um, well, I think so, because it reminds people who have the long enough memories of the old Tory party and the party that went to war and killed itself basically over Europe in the 1990s. We have let too many powers go from Westminster to Brussels. We've passed too much power over and we should take some of those powers back. I want us to be, to be in Europe, but not run by Europe. Obviously, the other two were very, very keen to skewer Cameron uh, on that, and that one. I, my feeling about the European section of the debate was really that everybody made their points and that everybody watching and listening will have had their pre- previously existing prejudices confirmed, as I did. It's hard to make headway on Europe on, on all three sides, wasn't it? I mean, the, Clegg had an effective line saying that Cameron was hanging out with a bunch of nutters. So how on earth does it help anyone in Bristol or anyone else in the country for that matter, David Cameron, to join together in the European Union with a bunch of nutters, anti-Semites, people who deny climate change exists, homophobes? That doesn't help Britain. Of course we need to change the European Union, but you change clubs of which you are a member by getting stuck in. And take out a tip from... David Miliband, for, for whom that was a very effective speech at the Labour Party conference, and uh, you know he, he echoed that, and he was effective then, I think. And then Cameron, you know, as always, was on def- the defences, uh, defensive over Europe, had to say, well, you said Lekuczynski and Poland was a good good man, and uh, I'm in you know in alliance with him. It's interesting that all, I mean Cameron's right wing friends in the press, Europe, they're extremely worried about Clegg on uh, Clegg's position on Europe, and um, feel that it's not in tune with the British public, and they must sort of expose him as this great Europhile and all this sort of thing. Cameron was very careful on Europe, though he did not take the bait. I didn't think he was doing any of the kind no, of attack you, stuff. That you can he let might the Daily Mail do that for you, well, though, can't well, you, George? Well, maybe that's it. But I, I thought he he pulled his punches. I wondered if it was because it was the first question, you know, and it was an anti 
to Europe question. The guy came well, back and said, you know. I think Mike's right to say that, you know, the, the press are, the, are fighting this as the surrogates on behalf of the parties. So they'll, you know, they'll put their, uh, they'll go uh, over the top with their studs up. And yeah, but play, that's and attacking play the man not necessarily. Rather than the ball. Yeah. Um, and, and they certainly have done that uh, this morning. They've gone from Winston but, Churchill to a Nazi in a week. That was a very said. good line. That's a good sound and, and, you know, he looked relaxed when he mm. said it. So, you know, I think he, 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 I he's been he okay well. yeah. on, on, on all of that. I, I just think that um, I actually think Cameron is quite cautious on Europe. I think he is quite, he's going to, if he's prime minister, I think he will be pretty pragmatic and uh, won't want but to. But does he necessarily think that's the way to win this election? Should he have been tougher I, on it? I mean, he doesn't, this, he, you know, he's in a very difficult position. And I thought perhaps at this debate, you might see him much, but, much but it, more combative on things like Europe. My sense of it is that his right wing wants him to be mm. that and the Daily Mail wants him to be and Norman Tebbit certainly does. But that's where, how they lost three other elections. So he's not going that far. And as we know, uh, he gets sent friendly signals out to uh, Baroness Ashton. Yeah, but Kathy it doesn't Ashton necessarily give him that distance with Clegg. That's all I'm saying. I mean, he's in a perilous position now. And I personally was surprised to see it. Maybe it's a good mm, thing okay. that he held back a bit. Uh, I was disappointed at how little there was in the debate on foreign policy, because really, it was little more than half an hour. A lot of it was on the Pope. And that came down to questions of he's religion, morality, and <laughs> It was on the basis that he was a foreigner, that it, it was I thought, I thought it was policy. about 45 and minutes, roughly, Rome. wasn't it? But, yeah, I thought but if you take away the Pope, it was a little more than half an hour. And on, and on the, you know, the very serious issue of nuclear weapons policy, they didn't get into it. And there are, you know, there are important issues at stake there. What would the Liberals put instead of tried? And that was never explored. Really, just slogans were exchanged and they didn't get into, into the subject. They weren't given the chance. I mean, there was a rip-roaring debate after the main debate between David Miliband, uh, Liam Fox and Paddy Ashdown uh, on, on oh. all of that. And it's a pity that there wasn't some... I agree with you. It's a pity there wasn't some of that in the, on, on the, in the main event. It gets awfully, awfully um, I thought it was quite clever. I thought it was quite clever to bring the Pope in under foreign affairs. I mean, I th- suspect that was a, a, you know, a keen piece of journalism by Adam Bolton, that he recognised that, uh, that, that uh, a, an evening devoted entirely to foreign affairs wouldn't exactly boost the rating. But and it, he was it, keen to to expand it into uh, other areas. But it served a useful purpose because it enabled them all to tick a number of boxes. And they were actually quite united on that, weren't they, Georgina? They ticked contraception and gays and um, child abuse, of course. They were. I mean, all three of them. I mean, Nick Clegg's the only one who's actually said, and he said it again, you know, I'm not a man of faith. I think that's that expression. Yes, but interesting. Is. And I was watching the tweeting going on and uh, all the ex-American correspondents saying, you'd never get away with that in a presidential you debate in America. Absolutely. There, it didn't play at all everyone says okay but the interesting thing is he has a wife who is a woman of faith so he also doesn't want to diss it and actually the question they all ignored for that you know until adam brought them back again the second half of the question which was about gay rights and contraception and all that sort of stuff and concentrated on the bitter which is in a way the easy bit because nobody can defend the catholic church on the treatment of or the cover-up over pedophile priests and i thought that was interesting though that they so no, julian borges just about to leave because he's got an article to finish julian anything quickly there on the pope before you go on the Pope, no, I, I think it was easy for all of them. Uh, yes, he's very welcome, but we disagree with everything he says. Duh. There you go. Uh, Scott, uh, Gordon but, Brown's a Catholic. Uh, sorry, Gordon Brown's a Scot, rather. Very important uh, up there. I, I right. just wanted to say about the Pope uh, side, side, side of this. There's, there, there, there is actually quite a a vocal minority in the Tory party that cares passionately about these things. And Cameron, I thought, gave an, an impeccably liberal answer on, on that. I thought he got it 
phrased it and weighted it exactly uh, right for the centre ground. But it will have sent the Charles Moores and uh, the um, Smells and Bells bit of the Tory party who are, who are infatuated with the, with, the, with the Catholic Church for reactionary reasons. It will have, it, it will have really annoyed them. And I, I look forward to reading Charles and uh, Simon Heffer and people like that on Catholic, this subject. Catholic converts, if I remember rightly. Let's not go down that road. Now, Afghanistan, uh, that was raised. Hypothetical question from one of the audience. Uh, would we take part in future multinational operations against uh, uh, terrorists abroad? Gordon Brown, quite strong, stressing the terrorist threats. Uh, did you pick up anything new we didn't know, Georgina? Oh, no. I mean, Gordon just did his, his riff, which is... Um, I, I, I sort of felt that he had prepared that for Iraq rather than almost... I mean, Afghanistan is part of it. I, I wondered why, talking of Iraq, I, I mean, Clegg mentioned it, obviously, in his opening statement, but was it mentioned again? I mean, he mentioned he, it twice. Did he? Did yes. he mention? I mean, um, but you know, on Afghanistan, all three sides—they all—they all agree on it. There's not much room for debate there, to be honest. They, they, and they're all stressing the, you know, the British troops and how great they are and all this sort of thing. There's no real differences of opinion over there. They Gordon stresses get... the security thing, though, because he wants to. Then it brings him back in. Nick, your security—you're not safe with him. That's the thing. He said at one point, uh, didn't he? Uh, get real. I have to deal with these decisions every day, and I say to you, Nick, get real. Get real, because Iran, you're saying, might be able to have a nuclear weapon and you wouldn't take action against them. But you're saying that we've got to give up our Trident submarines and our nuclear weapon now. Now, get get real about the danger that we face if we have North Korea, Iran and other countries with nuclear weapons and we give up our own. What is dangerous is to commit to spend a whole lot of money that we might not have on a system which almost certainly won't help. That was the point where David Cameron said, I agree with Gordon, when Mm. Gordon said... uh, Get real, get real, get real about the danger, yeah. uh, Nick. And uh, that was where several Cameron things came, didn't, came in. Uh, didn't take off because Nick Clegg, uh, in his opening statement, mentioned civil liberties. Mm. One of his didn't sort of, go anywhere. Didn't mm. go anywhere. Mm. Nor in the Afghan debate that I can recall. Uh, uh, the the question of uh, of uh, weapons and kit for the troops because David Cameron again tried to push that one along. He did talk about that because I mean on Afghanistan what Clegg said was uh, we it's, if we're going to do this do it properly and that was again a reference to I don't think they're properly equipped and you know are they in the right places have we got enough of them it's taken too long to get to the position we're in now etc cetera, etc. Cetera. What he didn't say was I don't agree with the government's strategy on. Afghanistan and that um, and that's what I mean you know there is a consensus amongst all three of them that they're right to be there. Uh, Is there a danger Martin Kettle uh, this morning's Guardian reported that maybe the Americans will ask us to leave Helmand into which five billion pounds has been invested and a lot of blood and treasure as somebody was quoted uh, as saying and that would be rather embarrassing if it happens before the election perhaps we should assume the Americans won't embarrass us before the election by asking us to move to Kandahar. Forces who have uh, taken a lot of. Uh, well, I don't think it's. Damage. I don't think it's logistically possible for us to move to Kandahar in two weeks. No, not to move, um, but to ask us to move. But I mean, I think I, I, I think Afghanistan is turning into an issue which is so below the radar in this election. I sort of expected it to be um, the, the kind of wild card in this election, and I thought there might be more. Uh, there might be more. Uh, confrontations like those ones we had with between Gordon Brown and uh, mothers of uh, of, of um, dead soldiers and so on earlier earlier this year and in the winter. I thought there might be something like that come up in in the debates, but it doesn't seem to have taken off as a an issue. And it's almost as though people are, are 
resigned. The voters are kind of resigned to uh, it's it's a messy business, and hopefully it's not going to last any longer than it has to. Yeah. Okay. Now we've uh, we're hot desking here tonight, and Julian Borges' seat has just been taken by Guardian Unlimited's uh, Tom uh, Happold. Tom, uh, were you struck by? David Cameron being genuinely uh, angry. Uh, he seemed to be, both he and Brown seemed to be no more Mr. Nice Guy, trying to ratchet it up a bit this week. Genuinely angry about these Labour leaflets which said that uh, winter fuel allowance and free TV licences and bus passes for old people were going to be withdrawn. He used the word lie. Those leaflets you've been getting from Labour, those letters you've been getting from Labour, are pure and simple lies. A politician shouldn't say lies very often. I say it because I've seen those leaflets and they make me really very, very angry. You should not be frightening people in an election campaign. It's just not right. Did that work as a piece of theatre? I suspect it did. I, I suspect what's interesting about this debate is that the viewing figures will be uh, much smaller than the ITV debate. And what will matter is Which what is makes it, Exactly. And what will matter is what makes it into the TV packages on the news and tomorrow and on the radio. And that will definitely make it into, the, into, into that. And I thought Brown responded very badly and it dented him and it, 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 it made Cameron seem strong and passionate. Uh, people uh, may remember Brown said, I didn't authorise them. Well, no. Uh, how know, did it work you for know, you, Georgina? Well, I agree with Tom on that because um, we're all going to agree. Um, because uh, I think it just looks like a getter. I didn't authorise it, you know, nothing to do with me, Gov. I mean, and in a way, that's been Brown's line so often when people have done things in his name, um, whether it's, you know, the Charlie Williams episodes or, or whatever, it, or what's his name? Um, Damien McBride. Damien McBride. I saw Charlie you know, I, I on the that, television tonight. I, I, I think, I think, before um, the watershed hour. Yeah. You know, people, it's not good enough to just say you didn't know about it. You know, if it's happening, he ought to kind of be much more robust about stopping it. Brown was turning against uh, both of his rivals tonight on things like child tax credit, uh, uh, the um, uh, the tr- child trust fund. And he was much to more pin- combative. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I, I actually think Brown is actually in quite a weak position in this debate and and last week. I mean, I get the impression from the polls that you know he's not got much uh, elasticity, you know, in terms of his uh, his ratings. Uh, he's really struggling in this election. We, we it's it's it's. It's easy to lose sight of the fact that Labour has now dipped quite consistently under 30% in quite a lot of polls. And, you know, that's a really, really worrying position for Labour. And uh, you get the feeling that the the sort of heart has almost gone out of quite a lot of the campaign. I I think the the debate flattens it, you see. The thing is, Gordon can't look prime ministerial. It it equalises in such a way. I I I slightly disagree with that. I I think he really struggles. He keeps trying to talk about what I've done on the global stage to remind people that he is prime minister. And the problem is, he just looks like one of three there. He doesn't look it, but... Does he sound I, it, Tom? I, I disagree. I thought in the first half, which uh, I found much more engaging when they were talking about foreign affairs and the question came through about a, another conflict to take on terrorism in a foreign land, I thought his answer was very effective, talking about decisions I have to take on a weekly basis, terror plots being presented to me. And I thought, you know, I thought I was impressed by that. And I think other people will be impressed, whether it makes it into the final cut on the news programs and other thing. But I do think he was good at that. I do think he, there was a difference. Georgina, uh, we had, a, I think it was a young black woman, uh, um, as David Cameron would say, from Bristol, asking about immigration. It's always the unexploded bomb, which they treat very gingerly in these occasions. Did, uh, did we learn anything? I felt it was a rerun of where they got to in the first debate on that. Um, the positions hadn't really changed. Again, you know, we were talking about these dog whistle things, whether it's Europe or 
uh, immigration. And again, Cameron was quite careful about it. Um, they, um, um, Clegg was a bit more careful in his answer because remember he had been ridiculed by Cameron in the first debate. I thought they played it um, the way they did. Although Gordon, um, you know, was was obviously he well I, actually he was sort of harder on it, much more. You know, British workers for British jobs again. You know, I'm going to crack down on it and things I've like that. And from, I yeah. think that I will put, it doesn't work for me. But then you know, I work for. The well, Guardian. I mean, you know, <laughs> is there a market? Are there people out there who may look at that program and think these parties don't talk to me on this subject? It affects my kids' schools, my GP. I'll go and vote for UKIP or the BNP, Martin. Well, I don't think the polls suggest that that's happening to any very great extent. I mean, it may be happening in one or two places. And, you know, it's possible that there may be some shocks uh, ahead uh, in, in, in individual constituencies. I mean, one of the striking things about this campaign to me is that uh, although there's this anti the old parties feeling and the Lib Dems have you know, capitalised on it. It hasn't helped the small parties as far as one can see. You know, there isn't a great big UKIP surge. There isn't a great big BMP surge. I'm not saying it's not going to happen because, you know, never say never. But at the moment, it does seem as though those issues are... Uh, you know, not at the centre of this election. I think people have pretty much made up their mind which way they're going to vote. They're going to vote. They're going to vote the Labour government out. The question is, what are they going to put in its place? And you know, that's where the Clegg question remains the the really fascinating question for the next there, two weeks. There was a moment they were all accusing each other standing on the sidelines and complaining about things. What the what Liberal Democrats have actually done? I think you know who these guys these two guys remind me. They remind me of my two young boys squabbling at bath time. No, no, control yourself. But Cameron had a similar one where he said, "These two, this is the difficulty of a hung Parliament and." coalition-making, they're squabbling already. Did we get anything, Tom Happold, out of uh, coalition talks? Any sense the body language or anything else? I notice Clegg refers to them as Gordon Brown. None of this Gordon stuff. David Cameron. He keeps his distance quite well. Uh, do we get any sense of that, of the dynamic of that? Um, well, I thought there were two things about that. I thought that they were, you know, they were all trying to pull each other off the, the single high horse in the room and gallop off into the sunset with that, you know, you two are bickering. I'm a man of substance. Um, I don't think you got any sense. There didn't seem to me there was even any footsie under the under the podiums of that. I got no sense of who 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 wanted to line up with whom. Yeah, I thought they were really clear. You know, Cameron and Brown were determined to target Lib Dems as much as they targeted their traditional op opponents and they were, they were determined to make Clegg talk about issues that the polling shows are unpopular with the, with the electorate and I thought they did that consistently and I think though Clegg probably came across very imp impressive, he was forced to, you know, in, in immigration for instance, talk about issues that aren't going aren't gonna to do well with him for I, I suspect uh, Lord Mandelson probably <laughs> took Gordon Brown aside into a, into a small room today and said, don't say anything whatever about progressive alliances, consensuses, uh, working with Nick, anything like that. Because it, it hacks it, off Labour supporters. It hacks off Labour supporters. And, and, and uh, you know, it, get, it gets them nowhere. I mean, it, you know, it... It, it loses votes, not puts them on. Last word around the table, Georgina. 
Um, well, I think the squabbling boys and, you know, those two parties over there and all the rest of it, that's because Clegg was so effective with that line, which got at them that first that first debate. And they, and they were caught by surprise by that. You know, you're the same old parties and I'm something new. And they were both trying to come back. It didn't work for them this time in the way it worked for Clegg the first time. That's what I think about that. Um, on the coalition government, partly because Labour and, and uh, um, the, the other, uh, the Tories and Labour didn't want to talk about it, Clegg got away with it, actually. He didn't have to also come back with a strong sense of what he would do because he's going to have to make some very hard decisions too. Okay, thank you. Uh, that's it from all of us. Thank you uh, to all my guests, Georgina Henry, Julian Borger, Martin Kettle and Tom Happold as the late substitute. Uh, tomorrow's podcast will be with Andrew Ronsley and available in mid-afternoon. I'm Michael White. We'll be back on Monday. Hope to see you then. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.